You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Sometimes, y'all, sometimes I, you know, I try to preach a balanced, blended word because we hear about things like the anointing, we hear about things like sweatless victories. We hear th- about things like first-class life, second-class price. We hear things like the anointing will make things, you know, uh, God favor, God raise up somebody, some way to use their power ability to influence, to help you and bless you. We hear things like the anointing uh, makes you be able to do what other people can't do and make things easy for you that's hard for anyone else. None of those statements and question none of those statements and uh, uh, sayings nullify the fact that you got to pursue. You got to get off your do nothing and do something. So, some uh, somebody said this. One person said it. Um, he had it in his book, and I ain't gonna say who said it because you're, you're gonna you're gonna discount it or. Or negated based back to who said it. But somebody said, talking about luck, they said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I put it this way, the more I pursue, the more favor comes. Mm. Okay, isn't that good? So the world, world, world might say this way, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I say, the more I pursue, the more favor comes. Favor will show up while you're doing. Favor doesn't show up while you're sitting around doing nothing. Favor shows up as you pursue. Come on, did y'all receive that? Favor shows up as you pursue. I like that. I like the way I'll, I'll say it that way, Sean. Pursuit unlocks favor. Yes, I like it. Help me preach it, Sean. Pursuit unlocks favor. How are you gonna get favor if you don't pursue? Okay. You know, I, I often talk about this. I believe it's in First Samuel 30 chapter, where the Amalekites came and they had taken David, they had invaded um, Ziklag and they took David's wives, both of them, and the children, and they burned down the camp. And so David comes back and says, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord says, pursue for you shall recover all. Now he didn't know where the Amalekites were. So he goes to God, God says, pursue. And watch this, you gotta keep reading that. As he pursues, he comes against I believe it's an Egyptian who's laying there faint about to die. They take the time to help this man who was dying and they fed him and and helped the man be revived. When the man got revived, he told them, he said, listen, I was with the Amalekites and we burned down Ziklag. And David, he could have messed it up. He said, well, oh, you was with them. You could have killed him right there. But he asked, I don't know why I'm thinking about this here. You, you remember when we used to watch uh, Elmer Fudd, you know, look for the rabbit. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? So David said, which way did he go? And they went, and he was able to show them where they were. That was favor. God raised up somebody somewhere to use his knowledge, his influence to help David. But all along the way, he had to help him to help him. That's a whole nother deal. Because sometimes while you're pursuing, while you're pursuing your dream, you need to help somebody to fulfill theirs. Sometimes while you're so busy going after, you need to take the time to help somebody else. 
that he, he that's faithful in, in least will be faithful in much. And until sometimes you're faithful in that which another man, God will not give you your own. Some of you, you're in a situation. Let me, let me see if we tell you all this. See, some of y'all don't understand this about serving and working in ministry. And I'm not saying to try to manipulate anybody. I'm telling you this from experience, not only my personal experience, but other people in our church who are blessed and doing things and thriving, okay? Is that while they were helping me, while they were serving in ministry, while I was helping other pastors, God was setting me up for my next. While I was helping them pursue, God was opening up the lane for my pursuit. Oh my God. And so you can't be so selfish while you're pursuing that you don't help other people. Amen. So the slugger will not plow by reason cold. Then he ends up begging in the harvest because he has nothing. Because when he should have been plowing, he's complaining. It's too cold. Mm. Proverbs 24, the New Living Translation. It says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at harvest. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food in at the harvest. Now what what now when you put this together, those two scriptures together from the King James and the New Living Translation, New Living Translation calls it the right season. King James calls it the cold. So that tells me sometimes your right season is not always warm. It's not always comfortable. God will, oh, this is so good. God will tell you to pursue something in an uncomfortable season. Man, this is some good stuff right here. God will tell you to do something when it seems like this is the worst time to do it. I know this because in the right in the midst of this pandemic, we have people, several people in the right direction who started businesses when folks were laid off, started businesses when companies are shut down. OK, uh, we, we, we were in New York City recently and there's places we, we used to shop and go up and down the street. When we look at these places, all of them, are many of them are shut down though, now, nothing un, totally unoccupied. There uh, and and by the way, y'all, if y'all want to pray, you know, the Bible say pray for cities. You need to pray for New York City. I'm telling you why and other cities, but you really see it here. Uh, you see in places like New York City because you know there there are hotels that had little a little flower shop at the bottom of the hotel. There there are places, a big office building that had a, a shoe shine guy in there. There's places that had a coffee shop uh, at the bottom of this office building. Well, when those many of those buildings shut down, people working the home none of those people can work now. They were dependent upon the traffic going through for, for commuters and people working in those, in those businesses. My point is, is that while many people were shutting down and, and businesses came to a halt, God told several people in our church, start a business now. And those businesses are prospering and thriving. Okay. One of them, one of them, y'all, y'all got to hear the story. Some of y'all heard the story. One of them is, uh, is, is joy, is, is joy, uh, Joy, oh boy, uh, I can't remember married name right now. Uh, Joy, Joy from from twenty seven twenty seven pancakes. Okay, she start. God gave her a dream. Now, some some of y'all don't know Joy. Okay, but let me tell y'all, Joy used to be a barber, a barber, not a hairstylist. She was a barber first. She did she then did hair. She then became hairstylist. She was a um uh, uh, um. 
what what else did Joe do? Uh, um, it's, it's, it slipped my mind. But Joe, Joe had Joe had several other endeavors. One time I think she was doing something in pharmacy or pharmacy tech or something like that. Um, my point is she had worked various things, even things she had been trained for. And in the middle of the pandemic, she has a dream about making pancakes. She was not a cook, did not make pancakes. God gave it to her in a dream, just like he did to Jacob. And she had to pursue. Now she's booked up for most of next year, if I last, last remember. Okay. And then as she's, as she's pursuing this, God giving her more creative plans. And now this business is about the Lord told her to get a, to get a portable truck. Then, then favor opened up as she went to pursue getting a truck. Are y'all listening to me? And so sometimes, who am I talking to right now? That God's telling you to pursue something, but you say, well, now this don't seem like a good time. My kids are small. My, uh, I hadn't finished school. Uh, I'm trying to get out of, can I tell y'all this? You know, and you know, we, we, when, when we start our ministry, we were in personal debt. And I remember Marcia thought, Marcia said to me, she, Marcia asked me when we were getting ready to start our church, she said, don't you think we need to get our finances in order first before we start a church? Not in a natural, it seemed like it would have, it would have been uh, better to do that. But I knew we weren't dependent on my finances anyway. I knew whatever we were doing, God had to do it. Can I tell you, it's a greater testimony that our finances were jacked up to see how far God's brought us now. Sometimes God will tell you to do things in unfavorable seasons. He will tell you to do something in unfavorable seasons that it doesn't look like this is the time to do it, but you got to know what God said, all right? Let me introduce the third point for you here. The third reason why people don't pursue, pride. I'm gonna say, well, what does pride have to do with pursuing, okay? We, I can understand people not pursuing because you're lazy, okay? I can understand what, what, what my first one here. I can understand people not, not pursuing uh, because they're making excuses. But what, what does pride have to do with not pursuing? The proof of desire is pursued. Well, how does pride come in? Because number one, pride makes you think of yourself higher than you ought to think of yourself. Pride makes you think more of yourself and higher than you ought to think of yourself. So as a result of that, you think certain roles, certain responsibilities, certain tasks are beneath you, are beneath you. Even as I'm saying this right now, when Peter, <laughs> I never thought about this before. Peter needs to pay his taxes, the temple taxes, not the same as the government taxes, but on the temple tax. It was like the church dues. Baptist folks, y'all know what I'm talking about when we talk about church dues. That method folks, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about when we talk about annual assessments. Okay. They had that for the temple. And so Peter needs to pay the temple tax. And, uh, Jesus said, you know, I don't know who came up with this. This wasn't God didn't institute this. This is man tax. Nevertheless, so we don't offend. He said, go down to a brook, cast a hook into the sea and you'll find a fish. And um, there'll be some money there. Pay my tax and your taxes. It just occurred to me, Peter could have got insulted by that. When Jesus met Peter, Peter wasn't no, no little fisherman fishing off some dock from the shore. He was a major longshore 
seamen, fishermen. He had a fishing business with ships and partners in other ships. I don't fish with no rod on a hook. That's an insult to me. But he had to obey what Jesus told him to do. Folks, he got in pride. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fish with no hook. You come and go out and see and let off some nets. That's the kind of fishing I do. Pride makes you think of yourself higher than you ought to think that you won't do little tasks that, that can produce great results. So you think certain roles, certain responsibilities are beneath you. I have this degree. Okay. Um, I have this experience in the kingdom of God. Some of y'all need, need to catch this. Some of you need to catch this. I don't care how great you are in society, when in order for God to bless you, you're gonna have to humble yourself. I don't care how many degrees you have, I don't care, I don't care how many honors you have, I don't care how many certificates you have, I don't care if you got the key to the city. It does not matter. When God to do things God's way, you're gonna have to humble yourself. That's why Paul said, the things that were gained to me, I counted as dumb. D U N. D-U-N-G, refuse, do-do, as nothing so that I can gain him. And so many people don't progress in the kingdom of God and get blessed God's way because you want to show God your resume, where you came from and what you used to do. But now you're starting in the church. Now you're starting in the kingdom and you have to humble yourself and become small so God can make you big. Oh, my God. Suppose the children of Israel had too much pride to ask the Egyptians for what they needed. You shall strip the Egyptians. Every woman shall borrow of her neighbor. Go to the Egyptians and tell them what you want. I ain't, I ain't telling these folks I need nothing. I don't, I don't need nothing from these people. They would not have had what they needed when God called them to build him a tabernacle in the wilderness. Suppose the widow woman with the sons had too much pride to go borrow some vessels. When Elisha says to her, what do you have in your house? He says, I have nothing but a little bit of oil. He said, okay, take the oil. Go borrow vessels of your neighbor. Don't go borrow a few. And she had to go around. She had to go around knocking on doors. Can I borrow a glass? Can I borrow a jar? You have any cups? You have any pots? Some of us, we would have missed out on our blessing. I, I ain't doing that. I don't, I don't have nobody for nothing. But God gave specific instruction for what was needed to put her in the oil business. Are y'all listening to me? The question must be asked, y'all, how bad do you want it that you won't get off your high horse and humble yourself to maybe do some small task that God's saying to you is going to produce great dividends? Question got to be asked. How badly do you want it? I told y'all. One of my favorite movies. I don't know why I, I thought about him this morning because there's a new James Bond movie that's come out. Last one with this particular actor. I can't remember his name. It's one of my least favorite ones. Anyway, my favorite James Bond was Sean Connery. But y'all also heard me say Sean Connery did this movie with Kevin Costner called The Untouchables. And he plays an Irish uh, cop who became, ends up being investigated helping Sean Connery's character, which is Ness, to get Al Capone. And he had just gotten shot. Uh, uh, Sean Connor's character, he's gotten shot up, got holes in him, bleeding. And they, they're going after um, Al Capone and his crime organization. And before he dies, he grabs Ness as he's dying and says, what are you willing 
to do? That's 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 the question that the Lord's asking many of us. What are you willing to do? You say God's called you to do this. You say you're going to have this. You say you're going to build this. You say you're going to go after this. You say you're going to have to start this. What are you willing to do? And with let me put a qualifier on that. You need to go as far as your integrity will take you in the natural to pursue what God's told you to do. I'm not telling you to do anything illegal. Don't do things going to violate principles. Don't do anything that's going to be sinful. Don't do anything that's going to cross the line of integrity. But you got to go as far as you can go to do what God told you to do with what you have. Use what you have and believe God for what you don't have. Somebody put that in the chat. Use what you have and you believe God for what you don't have. So the question got to be asked, how badly do you want it? What are you willing to do? Y'all remember Naaman or some people call it, some people now both A's, Naaman in 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, verse 13, 14. Naaman is a Syrian general of the army and he has leprosy and he has uh, and and he has this Jewish servant girl and she says to her mistress of the house she said mm, I would to God I wish I sure wish uh Naaman Naaman was would go down to Israel over in Israel because they got a prophet down there and he could get him healed and somebody went and told her what the girl says and so um, Naaman goes to see Elisha, knocks on the door. Elisha sends out his servant and says, what do you need? He said, well, he, he came here. He wanted to be here. wanted the prophet to see him. He said, he didn't even, he said, just go tell him to, go tell him to dip in the Jordan seven times. He said, well, the prophet's busy right now. But he said, just go wash in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman got insulted. I am a general in God's arm. I mean, and I'm, I'm a general in the Syrian army. Okay, I got, you see this uniform? Does this look like a uniform that goes dipping in some dirty little river? And he refused to do it at first. Let's pick up here 2 Kings 5, 13 to 14. It says, and his servants came there and spake unto him and said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee or told thee to do some great thing, would thou not have done it? If he said, you need to go, go kill a kill hundred men, go conquer a city. You can be healed. Some great thing. So when you have done it, so how much rather than when he said to be washed and be clean? Come on. He didn't ask you to do something that's impossible. It's, it's, it's going to take something that's going to humble yourself. You're going to have to walk a little humility to do this. But he's asked you to do a simple thing. Just wash and be clean. Verse 14. Then went he down, dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. He had to humble himself to say, I'm going to do this little thing that the instruction from the man of God told me to do. You know, sometimes you can get instruction. Listen, I'm asking. I've learned this, y'all. I've learned this, that, and I've practiced this since I was a boy in my uncle's church with Bishop Bailey. Whatever he asked me to do, I did it. Um, whenever he asked me to sacrifice, I always sacrifice to whatever degree I could sacrifice. Okay. Uh, if he has, you know, they would receive offers. Say, listen, we have everybody to get $10 in this offer. I'm like, okay, here we go. They got to ask for another amount again. All right, but I'm going to do it. And, and the Bible says he's 
the greatest blessing comes from being willing and obedient. There were times I was obedient, I wasn't willing. The willingness came later. So I got half the blessing, but thank God for the half. But I, I always been that kind of person to do whatever I'm asked to do. Even to this day, as a pastor, as a bishop, when I go to a meeting and Bishop Jake's presiding over the service, if I have a service at our church and 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 the, and the guest preacher asks us for a certain amount or do a particular thing, I, I just always know there's a blessing in cooperating and doing what the man of God asks you to do. Now, if you're in a place that you don't believe you're a man of God and don't trust him, then first of all, you shouldn't be there. The man of God told him, just go dip in the Jordan. And at first he wasn't going to do it. And thank God for somebody around him who convinced him, said, listen, he's not actually doing a hard thing. The only thing that you're that's being hurt here is your pride. And sometimes you, you're not pursuing what God tells you to do because it because you have this position now. You have this title now. But to do what God said, I'm going to have to be stripped of this title. I'll no longer be the vice president. I'll no longer be the director. I'll no longer be working for this big corporation. I'll be starting my quote unquote small business. And everybody knows, my family knows that I work here, that I have this position. But God's saying, I got something greater for you, but you're going to have to swallow your pride. I, but I travel, I'm traveling right now with this person and, 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 uh, they, and, and everyone knows me affiliated with him, but God's telling you to do something, but I'm over here and, and, and everybody knows I'm, uh, but God's saying, I, I, I want to do something new with you. Maybe you're that person that God's speaking to, like he spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12. You might have to leave your mother, your father, your kindred, go to a land that I will show you. I want to do something new with you. I'm going to make of thee a great nation. I'm going to start something new with you. Humble yourselves to do what God tells you to do. Look at Romans 3. Romans 3 verse, Romans 12 verse 3. Paul says this, God in walking in humility. And I say through the grace given unto me, here means the anointing given unto me. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, balanced, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Paul said, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Yes, you are that, but you're not all that. You might even be a, you might even be a bag of chips, but you're not a bag of chips with a Coke on the side. Okay. You might even be a bag of chips, but you're not a can of barbecue Pringles. What you talking about here now? Okay. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. The New Living Translation of that verse says, don't think of yourself. Don't think you are better than you really are. Oh my God. Don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Some of you heard me tell this story years ago when I was working for Cigna which when in Oklahoma before relocating me to South Carolina. The office we reported to was in Dallas. And so I used to sing, I used to be around the office singing when I, and so people knew I could sing. And so this girl had heard me sing. So we had an accompanied Christmas party and uh, they having karaoke. And she, she said, she wanted me to sing a duet with her. I said, well, can you sing? She said, oh yeah, I can sing. I can sing. I sang with that. I don't know if they had that, a, a Dallas 
mass choir or something. And this girl just insisted she could sing. And so uh, karaoke came. And so we sing at the company Christmas party. And we supposed to be singing a duet, Endless Love. Okay. The original by Lionel Richie and Donna Ross. I know it's been remade since then with who uh, Mariah Carey and, and, and some else. Anyway, but the original was with Donna Ross and uh, and uh, Lionel Richie. So we at the Christmas party and the music start playing and I start out. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. And then she heard some other music in some other key. And she said, my first love, your every breath that I take. I said, oh, my God. And Marcia, y'all, Marcia looks at me and falls out laughing. This is a song we supposed to go back and forth. I don't, I don't want to stand here and sing this song. But this girl said, oh, I can sing. I can sing. You know, it's bad when you deceive yourself. <laughs> Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Know your gifts. Know your calling. And sometimes you got to humble yourself and say, no, I, I, I need some help with that. And many times it's this pride that keeps us from pursuing. To amplify that verse. Amplify that, that verse from uh, Romans 12, 3 and 4. Amplified says, for by the grace unmerited favor of God given to me, I want everyone among you not to estimate, here we go, not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought. Here we go. Not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own, own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned to him, apportioned by God to him. Question, do you have an exaggerated opinion? of your own importance? Do you think they can't make it without you? Do you think everything rises and falls upon you? That you won't pursue what God tells you to do? That you won't humble yourselves to take a lower position so God can raise you up higher than you are right now? Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.